Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. Personal beliefs and fear of litigation are among driving factors for clinicians while making decisions about cesarean sections for the first time uh, mothers of a new Irish study have found. Some clinicians interviewed by researchers posted the uh, first time mothers or posted that first time mothers are not ha- as healthy as in previous years or compared to other countries with one consultant listen to this claiming that the population of women giving birth in Ireland is fat, old and short. A team of researchers in Trinity College Dublin interviewed 15 midwives and 20 senior obstetricians uh, from the three maternity units to examine the decision-making process behind caesarean sections, or C-sections as people better know them, for the first-time mothers, which have steadily risen in numbers over the last decade. Analysing and interviewing, the researchers identified a fear factor in clinicians. Decisions linked to worries about adverse outcomes for vaginal births and the risk of subsequent litigation. In other words, afraid of being sued. And senior obstric- uh, obstetricians and registrars said they felt that, the, that society had become more litigious. Well, that's true. And definitely one of the reasons why the rate of C-sections is going over the board is the fear of litigation. Multiple clinicians raised the idea of first-time mothers presenting at increased age at a birth and high BMI rate and described those as a factor that influences decision-making. And one midwife said they thought women were very unfit and that many first-time mothers were not young or healthy and fit or slim. They're a bit older, a lot heavier, I suppose, are diabetes, blood pressure, all are on the rise, she said. So therefore, caesareans are on the rise too. That's according to the midwife in the study, not me, by the way. She went on to say, we are fat, old and short. That's basically the Irish population of women who are giving birth. So it is a huge influence in terms of what the caesarean section rate should be for the country. Clinicians' level of experience and confidence was also regarded as a major influence, with one midwife noting, If the obstetrician doesn't feel confident, they may just say that it's not suitable for a vaginal delivery and then proceed to a C-section. Many people now are outraged by these comments and believe that it's fat shaming. The suggestion, I mean, the way it's worded, I suppose really is, isn't it? Because, you know, they're saying that the population of Irish women giving birth is fat, old and short. But here's the question. Are they only pointing out that pregnancy requires women to be in tip-top condition? Because it does. It requires women to be in good health. Otherwise, you may have complications. That's just a fact of life, isn't it? So are they only pointing out the obvious, which is offending people? Or could they put it in another way without actually trying to offend most of the female population of Ireland? The number is 087-188-0008. I don't know if you, I mean, there are many women listening today who may have had, you know, first time baby, second time baby, went into hospital, thought you were going to have a normal vaginal birth or vaginal delivery. And unfortunately, the doctor turned around and went, "Ah, sorry about that. You're a bit overweight there now. We're going to have to do a C-section on you. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how they make that decision. Um, You know, how the the complications work out. But maybe you were in that situation and you thought, I don't want a C-section. I'm quite happy to do a vaginal birth, but hey, if you're telling me this, well, I'm going to have to. I have no choice, really. But you felt you were okay for it, but you kind of felt like, hold on a second, are they telling me I'm fat? 
Uh, the number's 087-188-008. So, I'm not going to ask you if you agree that our, the Irish population of women having babies are fat, old and short. But do you think that this is offensive? Uh, would you be outraged by these comments? Or are they only pointing out that pregnancy requires women to be in good health? Is that fat shaming? Uh, the number's 087-188-008. Lorna, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing, Lorna? Hi, yes. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Lorna, <clears throat> is that fat shaming? Yes, it is. Jesus, it is. I mean, for the love of God, anyone going in to be C-sectioned or, you know, on, you know, the, the duty. I mean, I don't know many thin pregnant women, to be honest. <laughs> I most definitely wasn't. I was telling the producer when she called, for the love of God, I had swollen earlobes. <laughs> swollen earlobes. Everything blew up. You know, it was, you know, just the way my sisters were exactly the same, you know, and given that my first baby, I was 23, I was perfectly healthy. Was that 23 age or 23 stone? Sorry. No. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know, I'm 5 foot 10, so I was neither old, you know, Well, you're not, short. yeah, you're not short, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and... You're fairly I, tall, I was, actually. Yeah. I was perfectly healthy when, when I got pregnant and had a fairly healthy pregnancy, you know? Yeah. Um, and she was an emergency section for failure to progress uh, in labour. Mm. You know, so then roll that over to uh, three years later to have my second baby. Again, I was 25, you know, um, almost 26. And again, I was of the healthy weight. I hadn't shrunken, you know, I hadn't shrunk any in height. <laughs> um, and well, now when no, you say you're a healthy weight, right? Yeah. See, now what you regard as a healthy weight and what I regard as a healthy weight is probably very different to what a clinician or an obstetrician would class as a healthy but again, weight. Again, going on, you know, my height. So, for example, if I'm five foot ten. If I was ten stone, I would be considered unhealthy. Yes. You know, I would be. I would be too. So, what, what I, is I, I, what under the BMI rules or whatever? The, the what should yeah. you be? Twelve and a half, thirteen stone. Uh, yeah, around twelve stone ten. Yeah, got anything less than twelve stone ten, you would be considered to Jesus. Don't lose any more weight. And isn't it mad that if you even go a pound over that BMI, you're considered to be obese, which makes you sound like you're some sort of monster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I was even listening to I think it was Operation Transformation, and they were they were t- telling people don't put too much focus on BMI. The more the more generally doctors are more concerned with the fat we carry around our stomachs, around where our main organs are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that seems to be more the focus this day and age because I learn all the time. You know, but um, mm-hmm. it's um, yeah. So I mean, I didn't know you couldn't be induced um, if you'd had a C-section, and I found this out when I was having my second child. Um, you can't go for induction. So I carried Hannah till I was 42 weeks pregnant. Okay. And utterly, absolutely miserable with absolutely everything imaginable swollen. <laughs> it was just all 10 pounds, three ounces of her were, 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 um, were by C-section, you know? Yeah. Um, because I couldn't be induced. And that's it. You've had two C-sections. And that's it. You, you can't, they won't risk you having, uh, if I was, had have ever gone into labour naturally, um, after that, it would have been emergency sections because they wouldn't risk you uh, rupturing your scar tissue. So right. my following two children were both planned. So, uh, so C-section. let me get this right because I'm a man and I haven't got a clue, right? So if you yeah. have a C-section on your first baby, yeah. does that mean you automatically have to have C-sections after that? 
No, there is such thing as they call it a VBAC, which is a, a vaginal birth after a cesarean. Okay. Um, and, you know, some people absolutely have, have great success with that, you know, but the thing is you have to go into labour naturally yourself. See, the, what um, they're saying here they is the researchers and the midwives and the obstetricians is they're afraid to allow women to maybe do that or to have vaginal births who might be overweight, might be fat, short or old. Um, they were afraid to let them do with that because if it goes wrong, they'll sue. Or if things don't work out as according to they should, they'll sue. So they're afraid of litigation. And that's why we seem to have more C-sections than, you know, they, than is the average, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't think it, it's helpful and I don't think it's right to come out and stereotype people as old, short and fat. Do you know what I mean? I mean well, that was the wording they used. The, the population is, of women giving birth in Ireland is fat, old and short. Because the reality is financially, <laughs> the majority of people can't afford to start having a family until they're in their 20s. Until they've spent years, you know, getting extortionate. Yeah, I think, 34, I think and, 34 is the average age now. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and 35 is um, your fertility kind of. Any doctor will tell you a woman at 35, their fertility falls off a cliff after the age of 35. Yeah. You know, that's when they that's get your peak. a whole that's other. That's it. Yeah, you're not that's going your to, peak. That's yeah. it. After that, you know, you can fully expect to, to um, have, you know, difficulties conceiving. Um, and then, like, if you do have a baby in your 40s, you're considered... I, I walked with a girl, and what was it? She was considered a geriatric pregnancy. It's geriatric pregnancy, that's <laughs> geriatric right. Geriatric pregnancy. Yeah. 40. Like, I know. I mean, like, it is a label to put on somebody. Um, but but, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're great at putting labels on people, but, I mean, is I mean, a lot of people are quite outraged by these comments today saying that it's fat-shaming. Do you, you think it is fat-shaming? It is fat shaming, and I was called. I was called. You know, somebody pointed out that how big I was uh, when I was pregnant, and shortly after I I'd given birth. You know, people have an awful lot to say for themselves. And what would they? And what would they say to you? Change you put on a bit of weight there. Yeah, put on a bit of weight there, Lorna. <laughs> it was my sister's wedding. You've a grand set of hips there, Lorna. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, the, um, it was my sister's wedding, and I brought in a photograph of the wedding. And I was uh, I was seven months pregnant, and like the bride was in the middle, and I only have two sisters, and we were by the side of her. And she went, oh, doesn't everyone look lovely? Yeah, of course, you're bigger than your sisters, but I suppose that's okay. <laughs> oh, my God, you're bigger than your sisters. You're bigger than your sisters, but I suppose that's okay. And then the Christmas party after, um, so my son was about two and a half, three months old. It was the fourth time I'd left the house in two and a half, three months where I didn't have a child attached to me. Yeah, you still had the old um, pregnancy skin was still there, yeah. Absolutely, which is, again, after a C-section, doesn't go away very easy. The, you know, the notorious, uh, what do they call it, a section pouch. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't it doesn't go away. I mean, geez, my baby is eight now and like, my youngest is eight. I've never heard that term before, by the way, a section yeah, pouch. Oh, a section <laughs> pouch, that's absolutely a thing. I was, that's around um, their, your bikini line, I assume, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and I was at the Christmas party and this fella, he thought he was hilarious. He knew me. He knew I just had a baby. Um, I didn't know him so well that he could be poking fun at me, you know, I'm not easily offended, but he thought it was fairly appropriate to come up and ask me, I do you are, love, so when's the baby due? On oh, jeepers. 
You know, oh, and no. he thought he was very funny. And he knew you know? he knew you had had the baby. Yeah, obviously. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course he did. Sure. Okay, well, well, stay there for a second. Here's an expert on having babies. Karen, you're an Ireland's <laughs> Classic Kids Radio. How are you doing, Karen? Hi, how are you? You're like a baby machine, Karen. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Karen, I mean, these remarks by an obstetrician, a clinical obstetrician, I mean, that, you know, women, uh, well, the population of women giving birth in Ireland is fat, old and short. I mean, is that a, is that fair comment? Yeah, I think so. She's working in this industry. She sees it all the time. So she's commenting on what she sees. And at the end of the day, pointing out to somebody that they're overweight, either during pregnancy or if they're trying to have a baby, that's just pointing out a health risk, isn't it? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all they're doing. Yes, everyone puts on weight during pregnancy. Um, but you should go into a pregnancy healthy, should you not? Yeah, but she, the midwife also said that women, uh, generally speaking, were unfit and that many first-time mothers were not young or healthy, fit or slim. Some of them say more or less the same, same, the same thing again yeah. about you all. But, but I mean, Lorna has a point, you know what I mean? I mean, right, okay, maybe you go into the pregnancy reasonably healthy, maybe you're reasonably healthy when you go into the pregnancy, but you can get, what's that thing, uh, is it not preeclampsia, what's the one? Yeah, preeclampsia, my sister was sectioned from, for preeclampsia. Is that so when I, you start swelling up all over? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. That's, not, that's, not, that's not waste. This is talking about people who go into a pregnancy who are obese and who are carrying extra weight that there's no need yeah, but what, for. Hold on, yeah, but what's obese, Karen? You're carrying a child. Surely to God you want to be in the fit of your health. I, I, okay, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more because for the baby's sake and for your sake, it's good to be in good health, yeah. right? But And, and you've a better, if you're trying to have a baby, you've a better opportunity of getting pregnant if you're in good health, right? You've less possibility of getting pregnant if you are overweight. But but what is obese? Because we go on about this word obese. I'm probably obese and I'm a skinny little thing. Well, then you need to get, get your numbers back. I have a belly. See, I have a little, Gina, I have a little bit of a belly, right? So th- that would probably make me, as far as a doctor is concerned. Now I'm not big, but it would probably they'd probably class me as obese. Makes well, me sound monstrous. If, if you're if you're if you're trying to have a baby, your BMI. No, I'm not having trying to have a baby. In fairness, but your BMI should be right. Mm. So your height and your weight, everything should just check off. So we, so every woman in Ireland should be perfect. Perfect. Absolutely not. None of us are perfect. But like, surely you should be going in fairly healthy. There you go, Lorna. We should be all going into this healthy. That's the way it is, Lorna. Well, I suppose if you're having a planned pregnancy, you know, in an ideal world, you know. But again, like, what couple are going to say? You know what? Now's a good time for us to have uh, have a baby. Well, hang on. Have you got? Is your BMI alright? Yeah, get up on the weighing scales before we jump you know, into bed. There, will you, you? Are you? Are you exactly? Are you a stone over? Are you a stone over what you're supposed to be? Oh well, I tell you what. I'll come back to you in three months. Lose that stone, and then we'll try again. But you know, I'm. Ah, would you stop, Karen? Who does that? Okay. People who like to make sure that they're in in their top shape before they decide to carry a baby, because it's not an easy task. Well, I don't know of anyone who's kind of gone to a doctor and said, look, can I have a full NCT there on myself to make sure that I'm healthy to, enough to carry? I don't unless know. Unless you were having problems, yeah. Of course, unless there's, you know, there's, there's reasons, you know, where, where the couple are having tr- uh, problems conceiving. But prior to that, like, I mean, but unless you, you are you very obviously... an extra weight, Surely you want to try and lose that before you take on a pregnancy where you know you're going to carry extra weight anyway. 
I, I can honestly tell you, I was never in that position myself, but I don't know of anyone who has said, you know, I'm a couple of pounds over. I'm going, no, I do know of, of one or two girls who are told you're not conceiving because you're overweight. If you want to conceive, you are going to have to lose weight. But I mean, like those individuals were extremely overweight. It was by no shock to anybody to hear that they were told to lose weight to conceive. Yeah, if you're clinically obese but, or morbidly obese, yeah, exactly. as they call it, you're most likely not going to get pregnant in the first place. That's the body's defence mechanism to stop you getting pregnant and it would be rare. I just, exactly. this, I just think this consultant is pointing out the obvious. As a nation, we are generally... blunt, isn't it? So, but we are generally short and fat. And Who, Irish, Irish people? Women. Yeah, yeah. Irish women, sorry. Irish, Irish women. Like, we look like fools. <laughs> <laughs> Lorna's not. Lorna's five foot ten. <laughs> I'm five Lorna could one. be a Garda. I'm five foot one. I'm yeah. <laughs> what are you, five foot one, Karen? Oh yeah, were you in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? Were you in the movie? Were you an extra? Were you? <laughs> yeah, I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but I mean, as a nation, like mm. say for example, Asian people were were kind of if you go through culturally through the world of different nationalities, you know, we, we are reasonably small. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're not very tall people. No. You know what I mean? I mean, Russian people and Eastern Europeans tend to be taller than we are. I don't know who the tallest nation in the world is. Having a clue. Anyway, we're somewhere, you know, down the bottom when it comes to, t- to tallness for women, yeah. certainly. I mean, the average woman in Ireland is what? Probably 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five max, I would say. So I think 5'7 is more around our average. But then again, I just be looking at my own family. I mean, you know, where the, the short arts in our family would be 5'7", and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've just been told in my ear, by the way, yes, Denmark have the tallest women in the world. Yeah, I would have. I would have guessed kind of Scandinavian, Station, kind of yeah. that general. <laughs> On average, yeah. seventy-one inches. I don't know what that is in feet. Uh, and Norway is second. Oh, it's all Scandinavian. Seventy-one point eight. Serbia seventy-one point six. There you go. I believe that now. And Germany are up there as well. Oh yeah, but well, we know the German women are up there somewhere as well. But uh, according to I mean, according to Karen, everybody Irish women are short and fat. Yeah. Yeah. Stay there for a second. Let me go to Maureen as well. Maureen, you're in Ireland's Classic It's Radio. How are you doing, Maureen? Maureen. Hello, Maureen. Hmm? Maureen, are you there? Uh, stop whispering. I'll go back to her in a second. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at some of the comments. How dare Karen suggest that Irish women are short and fat? We're not all. They're obviously referring to a group of women who are having difficulties with a pregnancy dial. <laughs> no, they just said in general the population of women giving birth in Ireland is fat, old and short. But we are, they, women in general are older having children as well now. And I think after the age of 35, it's classed as geriatric. Mm. Okay, let me let me just try Marion. Is it Marion or Maureen? Marion, is it? Marion, are you there? No, unfortunately that phone line just does not seem to be working for us, Ruth. I do apologise. Sorry, Marion, we're going to have to move you over into another line. Um, unfortunately, it's not working. But... Karen, when you say it's fat shaming, I don't think it's that, fat shaming. I think it's. A, oh no, a no, no, no! Sorry, Lorna believes it's fat shaming. I, yeah, I, I yeah, do. Yeah. But, but when we say it's fat shaming, um, you know, Karen, what they're saying is that they're generalising, and they are generalising, just like you are right now. I mean, yeah. as as Lorna rightly said, very few women when they decide to have a baby turn around and say, you know, oh, I think I'll hop onto the Wayne scales now before I jump into bed and conceive. You, they just don't do that. 
But I also think it, it sounds to me like that statement is on people who are planning a baby. I, I still think there's a, a, a massive rate of young pregnancies, unplanned pregnancies. And I think the proof of that is is in the government, um, you know, where they brought it the free contraceptions for 16 to 25-year-olds. They don't want any kind of that age group having babies here. Here's a free pill to use, you know? Mm. And so I think, I think that statement to me sounds like it's people kind of going for fertility treatment or planning pregnancies or having the first baby. Yeah, I can understand that. I I mean, if if a couple go to a doctor and say, listen, we can't get pregnant, we're trying our best. And then it's up to the doctor to go, well, look, I think maybe if you try losing a little bit of weight, you know, if the, if the person is, is overweight, they're all suggestions, of course, if you're having difficulties. But not to make a general statement to say that, you know, Irish women or the population of Irish women in general is fat, old and short. Would they they, they just sounded like Karen. A lot more, a, a lot more an awful lot of women coming in what? complications due to their weight and their age and their, their height. Like, Surely she didn't just throw that out there. Surely she has, you know, I see this all the time and this is the number one problem why people are not getting pregnant. Well, it's the number one problem why people are having C-sections. Yeah, yeah. sorry, C-sections. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you, by the way, Karen, I know you, you had four children, isn't it? Four. Three. Three, sorry. I keep adding <laughs> another one to your list. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any C-sections? I had three C-sections, yeah. Look at you, yeah. huh? Now, was that yeah. by, was yeah, that no, by, I had four, yeah. Was that, was that by no, choice? No joke. <laughs> they really not. The first one, uh, no, the first one wasn't. No, by okay. choice. No, no. What do they call it when it's by choice? Too posh to push. Elective, is it? elective. Or too posh to push. Well, whatever you want to have yourself. <laughs> Marion, are you there now? I am. Yeah. How are you? Jeez, where were you, Marion? Were you hiding on me? <laughs> Sorry, it must have been the phone line. All right, so Marion, <laughs> you've no issues with the doctor's comments. I don't know. I would question because I know a few women that have had C-sections. I had one myself when I was 21. Uh, young, fit, healthy. Um, now, the baby was brief um, in my case. Yeah. And I just took the medical expert advice that I needed to get. A C-section was the only option given to me. And then subsequently we moved a few years later to the Netherlands, pregnant again. And whenever the midwife seen my scar, they would ask, why did you have the C-section? I said it was because the baby was breached. And their general response to me was, oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Over here, we will try give natural or natural delivery. I said, oh, really, that's interesting. And because they would have a team that are trained in that over there in, yeah. in the hospitals, and they can provide that service. As it turns out, my second baby was breached, and they would assess the situation then to see whether or not they would go ahead with it but they do have the expertise there and even of all the women I know who have had C-sections they're young they're they're not young they're fit they're healthy or whatever the case may be but they've had complications with let's say being induced or in mm. for too long and I would kind of question like do like we we do know our hospitals are um overrun and they're understaffed and you kind of question, do we just kind of have the teams there to give women the time to actually go through with the labour a little bit more? Because you, know, you think I, that I the C-section is the quick way out, like? I, I think so, for the hospital, um, maybe at the beginning stages, because I know even when my sister went in, she was well in the late stages of labour, and, the, you know, all the labour rooms are full. Um, so you kind of have to, like, I, I, it's, it's amazing how we don't have, you know, more kind of, 
atrocious situations happening because I don't know. It's, yeah, it's with that, and I have to point out, thankfully, Ireland, with the maternity hospitals we have, is still one of the safest places to have a baby, by the way. Can I just oh, point out? Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely. And it's commend to the system. Like, it's, 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 it's great in that regard. But I, I don't know. I, I just... I just wonder why we don't have more options because when I was 21, I didn't know that, you know, having a baby naturally when breached is actually an option and I didn't go looking into it. I just accepted what I was told, um, which is unlike me now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, but, um, um, yeah, it's just such a pity because C-sections are really hard on the body. And I'd love to have, you know, had a chance. To well, it, it seems the reason they're doing more of these C-sections than they should be is because of, of the fear of litigation. So it's the fear that if they, say in your section where the baby was breached and they go for a natural delivery and something goes wrong, that you then will sue them afterwards. So it's this fear of litigation. And and the re- main reason they say this is because they believe that Irish women in general, the population of women, are fat, old and short. They use other terms like um, healthy, yeah. fit and slim uh, in relation to other mothers. But but in saying that, they're just, what they're suggesting is you're all very unhealthy having your babies. It wasn't in my case or even in a few of the other women I know. Um, so I can't speak to the general population. I don't see the data on from the hospitals to actually comment on what they're saying there. But it is, it's, I, I don't know. It's, you know, even when I was talking to the woman for my last C-section, um, I actually came home and we moved home and I had it here. I don't know why. But, um, mm-hmm. um, I, I even said to her, if we were to go again, um, would could, would, I, would I have the option of a natural delivery after two C-sections? And they said, wherever there's an ounce of risk, they won't let you do that. That's so. what I'm saying. So they're, they're not... And by the way, I can understand them not wanting to take risks. You know, because, yeah, and that's, that's fair enough because you're dealing with somebody, a child's life and a mother's life as well. But, but in saying that, where there's an option for a natural delivery and it's not just the easy way out to have a C-section, yeah. you know, that's, I, I think that seems to be going on and that seems to be a problem now. But they're blaming the women. They're saying it's not them. They're blaming yeah. the women that Irish women, that the population of Irish women are fat, old and short. Do you, Marion, do you think that's kind of fat shaming? Marion, are you still there? I don't think it's... I, 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 I don't know. To be honest, I'd nearly question... I don't know. I, I, as I said, I'd love to see the, the, the statistics or where, where they're getting it from if these women are actually fat, to be honest with you, because, you know, even before I had my baby, there was two women I knew. We were due around the same time. They ended up having C-sections last minute and they are not fat. They didn't have it because they were fat. It was actually both cases, the, the, the inducement, whatever, was they, they had to do it in the end. But... I don't know. I, I just kind of question: Is it just kind of the way to move it along quicker at the end? I'm I'm not sure. Mm. I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's fast. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like there's other countries in the world. I don't think Irish people in general or Irish women are one of the kind of faster nations, and yet we do have extremely high rates of C-sections. That's what we I do. Think. We do have high rates of obesity I, in I Ireland. Would actually, question. I would say, look at you know look at maybe other countries or women are of a similar you know size or yeah, whatever I get you and, no. I, and, and look at the statistics there is it the same and if not why not you know okay well it's just that we seem to have more than average when it comes to C-sections I suppose that's why they're just this has come out in the news today uh, thank you ladies the number is 087 188 is that fat shaming to suggest that a consultant obstetrician has said that the population of women giving birth in Ireland is fat, old and short. Let me know if you believe it's fat shaming. 87 188 right, let me go to Amy. Amy, you're in Ireland's Classic Gets Radio. How are you, Amy? Hi, Niall. I'm good, thank you. 
Okay, this comment, on a serious note, I suppose, for women out there who are trying to get pregnant, who are pregnant, who go through a C-section, that we suggest that the population of women in Ireland is fat, old and short, and that's the reason why we have higher than numbers, average numbers of of C-sections. Is it acceptable? No, I don't think it is at all. And I'm talking from a perspective of, I'm five foot two, I have a high BMI, and I'm 35, and I've just had my first baby. Okay. Um, but this is from five years of trying, two IVS, and a miscarriage. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm sorry to hear that, Amy. I'm sorry to hear you went through all that, because I know that can be extremely traumatic for any woman yes. trying to have a baby. Um, but look, I have a beautiful baby girl now, and you know, but I think it's unfair. Um, I tried to go into it as fit and as healthy as I could. I actually had a natural birth. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just not right. Um, women especially go, are still going through difficulties and they might be on medication. Mm-hmm. But those difficulties can cause um, weight gain. Yeah. You know, medication yeah, no, can call, cause weight gain. So to say you know, obesity. And I suppose if you're going through mental health difficulties in relation to trying to have a birth, I know it maybe it's counterproductive, but you, you know, you can comfort eat sometimes too. And people just can put on a bit of weight too. So, you know, you could, because you're trying to, I suppose, counteract the effects of whatever mental health problem you might have at the time. Yes. Yeah. I just think it's very, very unfair. Mm. Um, and as I said, it's from my perspective. I'm, I'm small, short um, and a bit overweight. I mean, look, I I have no problem with the fact that if you go to your doctor and and you're trying to conceive and you're having difficulty and the doctor says to you, listen, you know, you're a bit overweight. If you lose a bit of weight, you might have a better possibility of conceiving because that's just common sense. I have no problem with a doctor saying that to a woman, you know, on a one-to-one basis with her partner, whatever it is, you know, and advice, etc., etc. Or, you know. It can be hard, though, Niall. Oh, no, I understand that. You have, um, I myself had uh, hormonal imbalance. Yeah. And that caused it extra hard to lose the weight. Yeah. And then if you add medication onto it, say IVF medication, that can cause you to blow and weight. put on weight. Yeah. yeah, of course. Um, But it's, yeah, I just don't think it's very unfair. And it's not fair on other women that are going through the circumstances that I have gone through or um, are pregnant now after going through treatment and have that extra bit of weight. Um, I don't think it, I really don't think it's, it's fair. It's quite a very general statement, isn't it, to say the population of women giving birth in Ireland is fat, old, and short. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, look, by the very nature of the fact, we're Irish women tend to be shorter, um, so that that's a bit out the door. But fat and old, even, I mean, I just don't understand why it's even necessary to say something like that. Say that it's very degrading mm. as a woman. Um, I mean, I it's okay, I think, for obstetricians. Uh, you know, when asked questions as to why they do so many C-sections to point out that there can be complications within pregnancy and sometimes if somebody's BMI is high that, you know, it can be a complication in pregnancy and, and to word it in such a way. But, but yes, to suggest, that's understandable. Yeah, but to make a general statement, you know, to say that they're women, the population are fat, old and short is a little bit much. I think, is it fat shaming? It is, isn't it? It is, yeah. It, it totally is. Mm-hmm. And uh, even at that even pregnant women will have that. Some pregnant women may look at themselves when they are pregnant and feel by looking at themselves, you know, that they're not happy looking at themselves. And I think that's not fair, you know, yeah. to state. I just don't think it's it's not yeah. a nice statement and, and fair. 
and pregnancy is a state that, that women are in. It's just a temporary state. I mean, I know you say you know that the women may look in the mirror and think they're fat when they're not. They're actually just pregnant. Exactly. You know? Yeah, they're ca- they're carrying they're carrying life. Yeah. You know, yeah. but comments like that don't help people that are vulnerable. And how are you now, Amy? Yeah, good. Good. And so how, good. how old is the baby now? Uh, she is uh, just gone three months. What's her name? Mia. Okay, I'm delighted for you. And I'm I'm happy for you and I'm happy for your partner and everybody else in your family and and I'm happy for little Mia as well. And she she has a wonderful mother by the sounds of things. Listen, thank you very much today, Amy. I appreciate you coming on the air. Thank you, Niall. All right, see you. Bye. Bye. There you go. Amy thinks it's uh, fat shaming and she's sympathetic to women who may have mental health problems or going through mental health problems, trying to get pregnant, maybe go through IVF or whatever it is. And, you know, and for those reasons, sometimes, yeah, you can put on a bit of weight. And this idea that you would make a blanket statement or a general statement to say that, uh, you know, the population of women giving birth in Ireland is fat, old and short, is just nonsensical. It's just, it's not a nice thing to say. I'm not one that gets offended, by the way, because I'm not the one who's ever going to have the baby. But I think on behalf of women of Ireland, I think, you know, it could have been worded a little bit better. You know, they, I mean, I, as I said already, I have no issue with, it, with saying to women, if you want to get pregnant and you want to make it easier to get pregnant, yes, you have to be in better health. Yes, if you are overweight, it would be advisable to try to lose a bit of weight. It might make it easier to get pregnant. But to suggest, you know, that... The reason we have more C-sections is because Irish women in general are fat, old and short. Ah, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Good afternoon, Claire. You're in Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you? Hi, Niall. I'm good. How are you? Good. And the happy mother of a four-month-old baby? Yeah, he's four months old now. Just gone last week. Congratulations. Uh, and how did it go for you? I mean, you've heard the comments from the, his senior or his clinical obstetricians. Yeah, so I when I when I heard the comments, I had to ring in because I'm a long time listener, first time caller, and I'll. Um, oh, thanks very <laughs> much. I, well, I appreciate you going in. I appreciate you ringing in. That's nice. Um, but basically, I'll be very quick and short about it. But I was uh, 29 when I got pregnant. I'll be 30 now soon. Um, and I was nine stones. So I was a normal weight, healthy lady. Didn't smoke, didn't drink ever. Working full time, all the rest. Had a very normal pregnancy. Um, then up to about 37, 38 weeks, I developed a condition called coleostasis of the liver. So it was a liver condition that basically gave me jaundice and itchy hands and feet and all the rest. And okay. I didn't know a lot about it. Went to the GP, got the blood done. They said everything was fine. When I went to the maternity hospital for my 39-week checkup, they said, oh my God, your liver is off the charts. We're going to induce you tomorrow. So they induced me on the Wednesday. I was hours and hours waiting, first of all, for the induction gel that they do. Then it was actually three days before they decided to break my waters and bring me to the delivery room. Okay. So I didn't get the opportunity to, um, you know what I mean, to kind of progress for myself or whatever. So I was 10 hours then in, in the delivery room and the baby's heart rate kept going down. I started to get very ill and kind of passing out and stuff like that. So it was the Wednesday they brought me in, and by the Friday night at 10 p.m., they said, we're going to do the C-section. Okay. But there was no encouragement, kind of, to do it naturally myself. It was more or less just like, no, no, we're going to we're going to do it now, straight away. And it was horrendous, because I had no epidural at that stage. They had to do the, it was like a spinal block for the C-section. Okay. Um, and then, because it was so late at night or whatever, well, apparently this is a thing, like, my partner could only stay for, like, half an hour after my son was born, and I couldn't even walk, because I was basically paralysed. 
from the neck down. And pardon um, my ignorance now on childbirth, but when they induce pregnant or induce labour yeah. at that at that stage, that late stage of pregnancy, surely then you should be able to have a natural delivery, or you should be able to, for- to be forced to have a natural I, delivery. That's what I thought, and like that, they gave me the gel, and that was on the Wednesday morning. I went in at eight a.m. They didn't give me the gel till nearly lunchtime, so it was a good few hours waiting for that. And then when I got the gel, it's like a pestery they insert, and you're meant yeah. to start having contractions and all these kind of things. And did you have, did you start no. having contractions? No, I did nothing. So I just felt maybe my body wasn't ready or whatever. But they were trying to say, oh well, you're at risk of preeclampsia because of the liver condition, which I didn't know any of this. Obviously, yeah. well, and, and of you course, know, I mean, you take their word for it because they're exactly. the experts in birth. And I was yeah. trusting them. And then I was walking around the hospital grounds. I was up and down on the ball. I was doing exercise. I was trying, trying to do everything. Trying to I could. get yourself into labour. Yeah. Literally, I would, yeah. have, I would have jumped out the window at that stage. <laughs> I was just trying to do anything. But but like that, they I They say a curry, by the way. Somebody told me this before, that a good a good curry, an Indian curry, is supposed to put you into labour. I don't know how true it, that it's is. It's nothing for me. I actually would believe I got a curry in the hospital canteen <laughs> um, to eat, and it all didn't give me really bad heartburn. Right. So then I was walking around the ground, nothing happened. So then the Thursday afternoon, I was in so much pain, and I was basically crying in agony. It gave me nothing except paracetamol small drip or something for the right. pain um, and after that they'll give you something called I think it's called pesadine it's like an injection into the leg or into the bum and that helped a little bit and I was able to get some sleep because I was just so exhausted at this stage then they did a second pessary gel a few contractions started it was more just like really bad period pain I obviously you don't know what that's like no I don't like bad cramp. and I'm glad and I don't know <laughs> yeah. and then eventually they said look on the on the Friday morning I said look nothing's happened here I've been here for two days no baby I was starting to get really worried at this stage I, I wasn't feeling reduced movements he was still kicking and all that and you know they were marching yeah. his heart was fine I was okay but I felt unwell because of the liver condition I was so yellow at this stage I was really yellow Um. So then eventually, like that, brought me down to the labour room. I was 10 hours in labour. They broke the waters. All that seemed normal. And I was getting contractions and all. And then, obviously, nothing was happening. So they had no choice but, but to do the section. So they made out to me. But there was never a stage where they said, OK, you can push or anything like that. And I did get to around 7 or 8 centimetres dilation. So I could have tried. So did you did felt, you question it afterwards? And I'm sorry to rush you now because I've only got a bit a minute. But, but did you question no, it afterwards? Did, did you write did. to them afterwards I, and question it? I asked them afterwards at follow-up checkups because my son actually had marks on his head from the way that he was taken out after the C-section. Right. And I had to bring him back to get checked for that. He had a bit of a wound. And I said, look, why did that happen, blah, blah, blah. And they just said, well, you know, we were worried about the baby because the heart okay. rate and we felt okay. that was the best decision for you. But I, I got no follow-up care and I was in horrendous pain. And basically, oh I was just left to look after a baby with this big scar. Well, and that's like not, that's not a good said, experience at all, is it no. really? And it's very difficult to lose this. It's actually called an apron, is what they call the belly after a C-section, because your tummy hangs over. Somebody called it a pouch pouch earlier on. Yeah, a pouch or an apron, and it's horrendous. And like that, like I have to buy bigger clothes that don't even fit me properly. You know, because and you and you're always going to have that little scar there as well, of yeah, course. Which you, you're exactly. Going to, and, and, and I suppose if, you, if you are getting pregnant again, it means that most likely you're going to have to have another C-section. Yeah. Oh no, I'll never go again. I'm one and done now. That's <laughs> <laughs> one and is that a phrase? I've never heard that phrase it before. Is. One and done. One and done. <laughs> After this experience, never again. And look, and I that, so so that experience has that put you off having another child? 
Oh, 100%. And I wouldn't mind. I'd, I'll do the night shift. I, I've breastfed them. I've done everything that's been difficult. But the most difficult thing for me was the surgery in the hospital, the recovery. And like that, nobody asks. The unknown. Yes, it's that whole waiting around and yeah. having a million things done to you and, exactly. and not actually knowing what's going on, really. And somebody, and like they took the baby from me, you know, like he barely got to lie on my chest. He oh, got no I know, that's so skin. difficult. Yeah. It was really horrible because yeah. I felt like I was this strange, like I woke up and he was dressed and everything in the cotton oh, no. oh, And no. I don't even remember any of that happening. And, th- and that it's moment is really important, isn't it? It is very important, that it moment for bonding. bonding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. thank God now he, he took to breastfeeding so we're very close and okay. he's the best boy in the world, but you know yourself. Okay. What's, I, he, what's his name very quickly before I go here? What's Noah. His? Noah. Well, listen, you and Noah have a wonderful life together and your partner as well, obviously. Thanks, and have Ryan. a wonderful life together and I'm delighted for you. But I'm delighted you got through it in the end, but certainly a very bad experience. And uh, maybe Absolutely. even maybe even a letter to the hospital, maybe talk to your local GP again about it. You know, obviously four months later. Mentally you, now, I, I will, we know, yeah. and I can put something together properly. Right. I just and just questions. Very quickly, it's, it's just so unfair, I think, to say it's, it's to do with weight and that because there's so many other issues there. Absolutely. There's so many factors at play. Okay, listen, thank you very much for sharing your experience, Claire. Thanks, I really appreciate you being on the air. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. There you go, Claire. Obviously had a very bad experience. <laughs> One and done. I've never heard that phrase before, but, the, but I can understand if she had a bad experience why. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show. Ireland's classic.